Hey guys, this is Brittany Joy Fountain. I am the founder and chief humanity officer for Brit Joy and Co. And this is the Nitty Britty Podcast. This is the podcast where we go all in on the most important and basic details of a well-executed, well-nurtured workplace culture. These are the details that no one wants to get into because, well, humans are a mess. But that, that is my sweet spot. Because it's in that nitty gritty where we find the transformation that we need and the transformation that we want. So if you're ready, let's get into it. Hey y'all, welcome back for episode 17 of the Nitty Britty Podcast. I'm so glad that you're here. And today we are finishing up the conversation between myself and Henry Jordan. Now, if you've missed any of it prior to now, let me give you a small recap. Henry is a retired senior divisional vice president of Walmart stores. He's an author, motivational speaker, real estate agent, and just an overall champion for servant leadership and culture in the workplace. If you'll remember, our last episode left with quite a cliffhanger. So that's exactly where we're going to pick up today. Are you ready? Let's go. So let me ask you a question. Why do you think it's so hard for people in those big leadership roles, particularly to to get beyond themselves and and, and and let other people know they care and demonstrate that by their actions. Why do you think that's so hard for people? In my experience, I think that there is an echo chamber effect where you might have somebody who is in a leadership position and they have a good heart or they want to be vulnerable or they see an opportunity to really give to the people, make those deposits in ways that haven't been done before. Mm -hmm. And there's an echo chamber of people around them who say, oh, we don't do that here. Or, oh, you don't want to do that. Or, and it's just these little sound bites that create doubt and being able to show the truest parts of who we are. And over time, those sound bites of doubt start to shape the way that we behave. And you start to believe, well, maybe I do need to button up and maybe I do need to put on a strong face. And you're right. It is just business and so on and so forth. We start to believe what is echoed to us. And I think it's really important to be cognizant of who's talking to you once you're in a position of leadership. Adam Grant, he's an organizational psychologist. He talks about this a lot as a kitchen cabinet. So people who are in leadership and beautiful women are rarely told the truth of any given situation. Statistically, they are told what they, what the people around them think they want to hear. That is, that is so, so true. I I have to tell you one Doug McMillan story real quick. One of the greatest um, examples to me, um, so I was at a point in my career where I either wanted to move out of operations, which is where I spent most of my 28 years in business um, in the U.S., to possibly going into uh, international. Um, I never ended up taking an international assignment. But at the time, before he was the CEO of the entire organization, Doug McMillan was the CEO of or the uh chief executive officer or something. I don't know. Maybe he was, I forget his exact title. But anyway, he, 
his, he was overall international with, with the company at the time. And, um, he had invited me and, and about, uh, I think six other five or six other people to go to Chile and Argentina and, and tour the operations there. Cause Walmart owns several different companies in those areas. So they operate in different manners, right? So they have different cultures and then just the culture of the, the, the countries was different and it was a good experience. So naturally, you know, the CEO of Walmart International invites you to go on a trip. You want to, you like, you want to do everything right. You know, That's you don't right. screw up. So we had a, uh, a Global Express jet, which was bigger, the biggest jet that the company had, I think, at the time. Really, really nice. And uh, so we go at like three o'clock one afternoon to get on the plane. So I go in and typically the seats in the back were the ones everybody wanted. The two that face forward that sit in the back. And so when I went in, I was like, well, I'm not going to sit there because I'm sure that's where Doug sits, you know, and uh, I want to be respectful. So I go in and I sit down at the in the seat that's right there, the first one when you go in. And um, we all load on the plane. And about that time, Doug comes walking out and and he's walking up the tarmac about he's like seconds from getting on the plane with us. And the guy across the aisle from me and I never I don't I, I wasn't this guy, mate, he. He, he wasn't, I wasn't a big fan of him after this because he, he waited until Doug was almost on the plane. He leans over the aisle and he said, you know, you're sitting in Doug's seat. And then I'm just like this cold, you know, drops of sweat. Right. Like, oh, God. And so Doug. Before now. Yeah. So Doug walks on the plane and I'm like, and I'm trying to get up. I'm like, Doug, I'm sorry. I didn't know that, that this was your seat. Let, let me move. And he put his hand down on my shoulder and held me down. He said, absolutely not. He said, sometimes I need to get a view of what it's like to travel from a different seat on the plane. And, and he, he wouldn't remember that. I mean, to him, it was nothing. He could, because I mean, that's how he is. He's a humble guy. But uh, I was like, wow, how many people with, with that level of leadership and that kind of title yeah, would have come in and said, yeah, you, you next time you better find out where my seat is and don't you dare sit in it. Yeah. Know? And he's like, no, 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 no. I need to see what it's like to travel from back there. I've never sat back there before. So I'm going to do that this time. That's right. And, you know, that's just, that's just one of the things I've admired, but you think about that, that kind of attitude, that servant attitude, that empathetic attitude, that thinking about other people, Okay. And then doing something about it That's is right. a very simple but very powerful thing. And to have the discipline to keep people around you who will tell you the hard truth. Absolutely. I mean, I have never been in the C-suite. I imagine that it could be easy to slip into a rhythm yeah. of finding the people who tell me what I want to hear. I've seen I it. I have an ego. I imagine that's a very easy thing to do consciously or unconsciously. Yeah. But to have the discipline to say, I need somebody in the room who is going to tell me what I don't want to hear when yeah. I need to hear it. Like, exactly it is, I think it's very uncommon, but I think the successful CEOs, the successful leaders, the successful shift supervisors in the coffee shops yes will sit down with their people even if there's two of them and or even if there's one of them and once in a while we'll say hey what can i do better to help you be successful 
What can I do different? What can we do better to, you know, help you be better positioned, take care of the customer? Yeah. And uh, I love being in a store where there's a price discrepancy or something. And the cashier's like, oh, no, no sweat. I got that. And they fix it right there and move on. Mm -hmm. You know what? Somebody here understands the value of empowerment and trust. Now, listen, do your homework. Don't put some cashier who's got a record of thievery. That's right. Doing that, or they'll be giving stuff away all the time, and it won't be because there's a price discrepancy. But do your homework, get the right people in the right place, and then empower them and trust them because at the end of the day, the customer's the one that's going to love that. And uh, that's right. Yeah, it's so powerful. Oh, uh, well, this has been so fun. If you yeah, had. If you had something to say to wrap this up, either as like a magic wand kind of moment or just what's okay. Now that we know all this, now that we're, we're talking about it, we have a higher awareness of maybe where the gaps are or what we want to do in organizations. What's next? What would you, what would you tell people about where they go with all this? Yeah. You know, I, I, I can just tell you what I put the most value on. And, and as I've been in, in the industry, I guess for a total of about 30 years in corporate America and been on both sides and a lot of different sides and been able to look at this thing from a lot of different positions and worked with a lot of great people and people who treated me fantastic. And only a few times I worked for a few people who I would classify as jerks, but uh, it does happen. <laughs> I mean, it happens. And, uh, but but 90 per percent of the time, I've, I've been so blessed to work for people who I knew cared about me. And, um, you know, when I think about leadership today and I think about businesses today and I think about in life, what really matters to me is is having peace, you know, is having peace in here at the end of the day and being able to function and enjoy. Because when you have peace in here and, and peace in your mind, you're able to. Um, you're able to function every day and go out and work hard and do what you do because you love it and you love the environment. And when you do have challenges, you have, um, uh, you've created a, a, an approach and a perspective that, that helps you to continue to deal with those things, but, but never lose your peace. I mean, uh, people that walk in anxiety and frustration and depression and all that, it's not healthy for them. It's terrible for their family lives and, um, you know, but when, when you can set things up around you to where you love, I, one thing about the reason I did what I did for 28 years is because I loved it. Yeah. I just loved it. I love the challenge of operating with people and creating a team and, and working with and building a group of people who felt great about themselves and great about our partnership together. And we were able to accomplish some, some really cool things. But at the end of the day, when I finished the 28 years and hung up my badge and walked away from that company, Nobody remembered how much money I made for the company, and I made a lot. Nobody remembered what a great merchant I was, and I I learned how to buy and sell merchandise from the best. Um, Nobody realized all those stores that maybe I was able to go in and help uh, a struggling manager turn around, and I found myself in that situation a lot of times. What people remember are those moments and times when you did something that demonstrated that you cared about, when you wrote a handwritten note, when you pick the phone up and called somebody and said, I just want you to know, I'm, I'm here to help you and support you. How, how can I do that today? 
those are the things that surpass time. Those are the things that once you walk away from all the other stuff that you continue to, to, to feel like maybe you made a difference. And, you know, so I would just, you know, wherever people are on their journey, whether they're just beginning it in the middle of it, or, you know, maybe they're towards the end of their career as, as it's been, um, find the way to do it. Put the procedures and the processes and the people in place around you that can help not only you be successful, but all of the people that you're privileged to lead. Because if they win, you win. And I think, I'll just say this in closing, I think what you're doing uh, in offering to help people and organizations and leaders have a perspective on how this, because really all of that is culture, right? It, it really, I mean, you, you can, it's amazing. You can take a pack of seeds and leave them in the package forever and they won't ever be anything but a seed. But what happens when you take the seed and put it in the soil and you begin to nurture it and put the sunlight on it and water it, that seed becomes something that creates millions of other seeds. And, you know, so I think what you're doing is you're helping offer you know, perspective to, to people and to organizations and to leaders that can help them create that environment where they they see a lot of fruit from their labors and things that will last far beyond, you know, the legacy of their impact. And uh, I'm, I'm just excited to, to be a part of it with you in, in a small way. And I hope we can do this again because there's so many topics that need. It never ends. So many things need to be talked. And it's fun. You know, it's, it's fun to have the, the time and the passion and energy to, to help people because these are real world, real business problems, real leadership problems that people do yep. need. I just hope we can figure out a way to, to, to reach some of them and, uh, you know, see them be the best they can be because that's really what it's all about. So. Yeah. Well, I agree. I mean, it's never too late to start doing the right thing. That's and right. This work didn't start with us. It's not going to finish with us. And we yeah. are fortunate to be standing on the shoulders of generations of folks before us. And we hope that we can lift those who are younger than us to carry on the work when our time's over. So um, I'm excited to do this with you. I'm honored that you reached well, out and that you saw value here. <laughs> um, it just means so much. So thank you, Henry. All right. Thanks, Brittany. Bless you, friend. Y'all, come on. Come on with it. I can barely handle it, but I will. And I'm going to give you my notes, just as I promised. This episode, we started with the cliffhanger. Why is this so hard? Like, seriously, why is this so hard? Well, I think it's because of the echo chamber effect. You know, over time, we hear the sound bites people are telling us, which are oftentimes not even the truth. It's just stuff they think we want to hear. You know, Adam Grant talks about the kitchen cabinet and rich men and pretty women rarely actually hear the truth from the people who are within their inner circle. That is dangerous. We talk about the discipline that's required to keep people around you who are going to tell you the truth, even when it's hard. And then Henry shared that sweet story of Doug McMillan. Y'all, he's the CEO of Walmart. And when he said what he said on the plane... That sometimes I just need to get a view of what it's like from a different seat. Y'all, I don't think he was only talking about a chair on a plane. 
Think about it. It's just so deep. And now that we know, now that we know all of this and the conversation is out there and the solutions are outlined, what's next? Like, what is Henry's advice for us? Well, the most important thing in our lives is peace. And when we have peace, you can navigate this wild world better than you could otherwise. So how is it that we can bring more peace into our lives, to our teams, to our organizations? We have to put the procedures, the processes, and the people around us that create these moments, these magic moments that make people feel something, where that sacred spark that's in all of us comes alive so that the organizational spark comes alive. And all of that comes back to culture. All right, y'all, that's it for episode 17 of the Nitty Britty Podcast. And that is the conclusion of our conversation with Henry Jordan. As a reminder, you can connect directly with Henry on his website at www.henryjordanleadership.com. You can find me on any of the socials at Brittany Joy Fountain or on my website at www.brittjoy.com. Thanks so much for tuning into the Nitty Britty. Until next time.